morning, everybody, and thank you so much for joining in today and being a part of our conversation. Again, you know how appreciative I am of your listening ear, and I am praying that everything that we share is encouraging, inspiring, uplifting, and blessing you. And if it is, please share it with someone else. Today, I want to talk about living with confidence. We love to project confidence. We really do. We work hard at it. If it does not naturally come to us, we try to ensure that we look a certain way, that we have a certain fashion sense, that our grooming is done well, so that whenever we leave our homes, we feel confident about who we are, feel confident about how we look. We just love to project confidence. In fact, when that confidence is not there, we oftentimes shy away from the public because we don't have that confidence swag that we feel we need to really make a impression. Not only do we like to project confidence, but we're also attracted to those who project confidence. Look at different dating data about what men and women may be attracted to. One of the common things is both sexes are attracted to individuals who project confidence. Even if the confidence is not real, they just like seeing that confidence being displayed. We love confidence. We are attracted to confidence. We long to be confident. We choose confident individuals as our role models. We just love confidence. Because in some ways, we believe that confidence is a sign of competence. That when someone is competent about what they are doing, then confidence automatically comes as a byproduct of that competence. But the reality is, oftentimes the confidence that is being projected is an illusion. We work hard in it to project it even if it's not real. And this is something that we learn from an early age. And most of the times, the way that we project confidence is by traveling in packs. We just feel more confident when we're not by ourselves. We just feel better about ourselves when we feel that there's someone else rolling with us. No matter what you identify that group as, your click, your posse, whatever it may be, you just felt confident when you were going out with your girls. You felt confident when you and your boys were hanging out together. You felt confident when you walked in the game together, when you walked into the parties together. It was just something about having other people with you that made you feel confident. And when we saw people traveling in entourages, we saw them as being pictures of confidence. And models of confidence. But this is the problem. The illusion that we build comes from people being around us. Therefore, when we don't have the people with us, we lack the confidence to stand on our own. It's like people who would fight as long as somebody was with them. But if their people wasn't with them, they would say, oh, I don't have time for that. Our confidence comes from who's with us, not necessarily what's within.
within us. This is a problem for the Christian life because as many of you know who are Christians, it's hard to find a crew to roll with living in this contrary, mean, trifling world that oftentimes finds itself in opposition to Christ and distancing itself from those who are followers of Christ. Many people who are Christians often give the testimony that once I really gave my life to the Lord, my crew left me. I wasn't able to have someone to roll with on Friday nights. No one was calling me about picking me up any longer. Oftentimes Christians would say, I have seasons of loneliness. And if we live in a world where confidence is projected by this illusion of having a crew or a crowd around you, then what happens to the believer who's oftentimes walking alone? Jesus says this is the reality of the Christian life in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. He says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Conversely, the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And in another passage, he says, you will find a traveler every now and then. So there's no posses. There's no cliques in this Christian walk. Oftentimes, you find yourself alone. Definitely in the minority. So where do we get confidence from as Christians? Where can a believer draw confidence from when we live in a world that is often systematically and spiritually opposed to what you believe and working against you? Where you find yourself oftentimes without that crew. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Elijah's servant is concerned because he sees in the mountains that the king of Syria has surrounded the camp in order to come and capture Elijah. And he says, what are we going to do? There's nobody here but me and you. This is what he says to Elijah. And Elijah says something that is profound. He says, there are more who are with us than are with them. This makes absolutely no sense because the young servant said, I see all of these Men, I see all of these chariots all around us. I see all of these warriors who are surrounding and encamping us in the mountains and they're getting ready to come down and seize us. What do you mean they're more with us than are with them? Because there's only me and you. Then Elijah says something in verse 17 of 2 Kings chapter 6. He says, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. This is comforting for Christians because if we live in a world that oftentimes causes us to build an illusion of confidence by surrounding ourselves with other people then Christians can live in confidence because we're never by ourselves. That even though it may not be seen through the natural eye, through the eyes of faith and in the supernatural realm, believers are never traveling alone. 
God sends protection. This is something we find in the Old Testament, but the Bible says in Psalm 34, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. God protecting. It is what Jesus says later on in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. We are never alone. God and the host of heaven are always with us. So we should have confidence, even if we are physically isolated, to know that we are never spiritually abandoned. And since God is with us, if we open our eyes, we can see that God has surrounded us with his army, the host of heaven. And the good news about that is, since God is with you, you can have confidence that if the devil wants to roll up on you, God will fight for you. You can have confidence that if something is about to go down, you don't have to fight it yourself. The battle does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. And if God is for you, then who can be against you? Elijah's servant sees all of these chariots of fire surrounding Elijah, which means that not only they're surrounding Elijah, they're surrounding the army of Syria that has come to fight against Elijah. And when the army of Syria descends out of the mountains and come down to fight Elijah, the Bible says that Elijah prays and asks the Lord to blind them. And when they are blinded, Elijah then leads them to Samaria. And when he gets to Samaria, the Lord opens their eyes. And they saw that they were not in Elijah's backyard, but they were actually right before the king of Israel. The king asked Elijah, what should we do? Should we kill him? Elijah says, no. Don't kill them. Feed them. He says, give them bread and give them water. And then send them back where they came from. And after they had eaten, after they were filled, this army that was on a mission to seize Elijah goes back to the king of Syria and tells him what happened and how they lost their sight. They got brought into the king of Israel's court. And instead of killing them, they fed them. The Bible then says that the Syrians never came back to fight the Israelites again. Why is this so important? Why tell the whole story? Well, first, we live with confidence knowing that God is with us. We're never alone. We don't have to have this illusion of surrounding ourselves with people who are limited when God, who's omnipotent, is with us. And since he's with us, he fights for us. But... When God gives you the victory, or when God gives you the upper hand, because the Bible says God would do that, he makes the first last, the last first. He takes you from being the tail to make you the head. When God gives you the upper hand, how do you respond to it? How do you respond to God fighting for you, giving you the upper hand against those enemies who once were trying to take your life? How do you respond when now the tables have turned? See, some people, when the tables turned, they began to do what the others wanted to do to them. I.e., you were trying to take me out. Now the tables have turned. I'm going to take you out. 
But when you live with confidence and your confidence is in God, knowing that God is with you and God is fighting you, you don't have to have retaliation. You don't have to worry about, well, if I let them get away with this, then they're going to come back and do it again. Well, if they come back and do it again, then the same God who was with you the last time will be with you that time. The same God who fought for you the last time will fight for you this time. So our response is not to retaliate. But our response is to extend love, extend peace, to be ambassadors for the Christ, for the Lord who fights for us. Not retaliation, but relationship. As I close, this is Black History Month. When you study Black History, certainly those of African descent had to learn to live this way. They were always outnumbered, always in the minority. But they believed in this God who would fight for them. This God who was with them. That they were never alone. They was marching for freedom. God was marching with them. When they were sitting at these counters in these restaurants, God was sitting with them. As they saw spirituals, God was with them. This was their confidence. Even though physically there were attack dolls and police brutality and domestic terrorism and legalized terrorism. Even, even though naturally speaking there was no voice for them in the halls of power, God was with them. And it gave them confidence. One thing I love is God has oftentimes turned the tables. And one of the biggest fears that oppressors have is what if they do to us what we did to them? What if they treat us the way we treat them? What if we become the minority and then they do what we did? This is a struggle going on in our country today. That those who were once always majority is seeing a melting pot of different brown faces People from different areas of the world forming a new majority. And their biggest fear is, if we ever become a minority, what if they do to us what we did to them? Well, because the Lord is the one who gave us confidence. And since the Lord is the one who fought our battles, we don't retaliate by strategizing to do the same schemes that were once strategized to bring about our end. No, we respond the way that our Savior wants us to respond. And we live in confidence, knowing that he's still with us. He still fights our battles. I pray that you will open your eyes and see you're not alone. God is with you. Live with confidence in Christ. Thank you for listening.